Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. The Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and I'm excited that you have decided to join us for your hour of Thrive Time. We're going to rock today with another great episode, my friends. I want you to know that if you're visiting the show for the very first time, boy, you are here at the right time for the right reasons, to get the right information, to point your life in the right direction. And you're going to see that as soon as we start our show. But if you've not had a chance to catch our prior episodes, I want to encourage everyone to make sure that you go back to my archive section at the jmamietalkshow.com. This way you don't have to miss any of our prior content. You can find it there. All of our 80 episodes that are one after the other, just rock solid with thrive-minded content. You can binge here all you want on that uh, at that site and make sure that you get all the goodies and find out why people are buzzing about the Jay Mamie Talk Show. And, and you'll have a chance to pick up some great nuggets from some of our fantastic prior guests. But while you're online, let me encourage you to go to my regular site, thejmamie.com. There you're going to find my blogs, my videos, my books, my upcoming course, all of the goodness that Jay Mamie is delivering in terms of thrive-minded value to the world. That's what you're going to find in that site. And let me encourage you, many of you have done this already, and you're reaching out to me with questions and comments and feedback, and I love that. Track me down on all of my social media platforms. You can easily find me at Instagram and Twitter, at the J Mamie. That's my handle. You can go to Facebook, the J Mamie, and you could like my page and follow me there. You could also go to LinkedIn. I've met many of you on LinkedIn and connect with me there so we can stay in touch as I continue to deliver great thrive-minded content, which today, by the way, guys, is going to be no different. Today's show is dedicated to women on the move. Not only women on the move, but women that are helping other women to get on the move. Now, their content is broad and generic for everybody. So let me just say that this is good for everybody. But these women have found that they can empower other women because they can relate to things that, hey, guys can't do. (laughs) But that's okay because the content still is applicable to everybody. So make sure that you hang in there today as we introduce three spectacular women. One of them is Lita Green, who is, well, probably one of the most interesting, dynamic, and energetic women that I've met in a long time. And you have to be when you're a confidence expert and you're a TEDx speaker and you're a best-selling author, Lita Green. She's all of that and then some. She's going to be joining us on the show in a little while. And also the brainchild and genius behind selling in a skirt. Judy Hoberman is not only one of the top sales leadership trainers and coaches uh, nationally, but she's also right here in Dallas. And she's got great wisdom and mic drops to share with us uh, that you're going to appreciate. And and wrapping up our show will be not only someone that I've gotten to admire because she has taken a leap of faith to open up her own CPA firm. Folks, that's not the easiest thing to do, but she was stuck at a job. She didn't like where it was going. And she decided, you know what, if it's going to be, it's up to me and she took this massive leap of faith and is growing one of the most successful cpa firms in dallas and her name is sydney mcdade proctor she's the founder and ceo of sid the cpa and she's going to be joining us today so folks we got a fantastic show power pack for you make sure that you hang in there because we're going to rock in a few minutes so here's my thought for today in our final minute here before we go to break i don't want you to be fooled 
can I encourage you? I don't want you, I don't want anybody to ever be fooled or be misled by what looks good on paper. <laughs> because sometimes what looks good on paper, I mean, when you analyze the data, when you look at all the information, when you do your homework and research, and you look at this spreadsheet of, of information that looks good, looks perfect on paper, it looks like it's a winning combination. I want you to know that even though something may look good on paper, this person you're talking to looks good, this candidate for your employer, for your uh, job looks perfect, their resume looks on point, all these signals and all of, the, all of your gut instincts tell you that this looks good, this is going to work. I want you to know, don't be fooled because what may look good on paper sometimes falls way short of the expectations and the anticipations of something great to come from that project, that person, that program, uh, that team. So here's my point. You don't know what someone's got. You don't know what, how a product will work. You don't know how a team will play until you get them in the game, until they're involved in whatever it is that they're supposed to be doing, which looked good on paper. And folks, I say that because there's so many scenarios we can look at today where we have been discouraged and disappointed because what looked good on paper, what looked good in person, what looked good on a resume, what looked good on a brochure failed in the end. Can I encourage you? Be mindful. Just because it looks good on paper, just because the outer appearance looks good, it may not be what you want it to be. That person may not be the person you want it to, uh, to, to also be for you. When it comes down to it, it, it just doesn't perform and it lets you down. Be careful not to be drawn into what looks good on paper. I hope that helps somebody. Folks, we're going to rock the show right after the break. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Have you ever felt that in trying to grow your business, you've turned yourself into the world's number one pinball, bouncing from thing to thing, trying to score some points without falling down that black hole looming below you? Problem is, reaction mode is not a sustainable business model. It's not a sustainable life model. I'm Erin Marcus, founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. If you want to learn how to be in charge so that you can take the actions that get you the results you want, reach out. I'd love to talk with you. Find me on LinkedIn or at conqueryourbusiness.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. Stock show time, that is. Come find Jag Metals and look for our team. New faces and new places. Are you needing a new arena, a horse barn? What about a new shop or just a backyard building? Jag Metals LLC has it all. Let us be your one-stop shop for all your pre-engineered and weld-up metal building needs. From our panel, U-Panel, trim, red iron, I-beams, to roll-up doors and insulation, Jag Metals has you God bless America. Bring the image and brand of our radio stations to life as the promotions director for the Cumulus Media Dallas Music Stations. If your experience as a marketing or promotions director can plan major events, create content like promotions and contests, and you understand and can execute brand management, this is the job for you. An equal opportunity employer, candidates must be fully vaccinated by date of hire. So get the details on benefits and more when you apply today at cumulusmedia.com careers. Welcome back to Thrive Time. 
with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Excited about our first guest for today's show. On the line, we have Lita Green. I mentioned her earlier in the beginning of the program, but here's what's special about her. Not only is she a confidence expert, and boy, we need a lot of that today, but she's also a renowned TEDx speaker. She's the best-selling author, and she's also the creator of Hotness, and we're going to dive into that this segment. So, Lita Green, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Jay. All right, Lita, we're going to unwrap all of the goodness that Lita Green has to offer. But before we do that, I'd like our audience to get up to speed with you and, and your story. So can you share a little bit about your life's journey so far? Well, I am was born a trucker's daughter, and my worth was defined by how many bricks I could lift in comparison to my brothers. So naturally, <laughs> that would lead me to being in the beauty industry and being a speaker, right? So mm -hmm. it's we only have so much time, but I've lived all over the country. I've had so many different jobs, and that's given me great experience with different kinds of people and relating to different kinds of people. And today I'm happy wife and entrepreneur and author and living the dream, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I love that I can turn back to my younger self and say, you know, I can't fix everything that happened, but dang, girl, your story turns out awesome. <laughs> well, one of the things that, that's great about you is your, your not only level of energy, but you have a very unique way to, to really share the realities of life in, in the methods that, that people resonate with. And I've had a chance to, to look at your content, and, and that's why you're on the show, because I think you bring this wonderful, relatable, thrive-minded wisdom to people, and we're going to get on get into all of that but when did you realize that you had a calling and and what would you say Lita were the the watershed moments that clarified for you your purpose uh well I kind of joke that I think God set me up you know because I didn't see it coming I mm. mean all the different jobs and different things that I did led to things but the biggest moment was after my daughter died that there were people who were mean that said what I call poopy things, right? And if they couldn't be nice after a kid is, when a kid is dying and after a kid is dying, then why was I listening to them? Mm. And you know that phrase, you know, what could you do if you had no fear? Right. Well, I had just faced my biggest fear and fear is an emotion and we get to decide where emotions go. And so I started deciding I'm going to put them where God has placed me to go. You know, one of the things that people sometimes find when they look back and peel the onion, um, and this is sometimes, it takes a long time for people to figure this one out. And some f folks are very fortunate early on to realize what their purpose is, what their calling is. Uh, but sometimes it does take something very significant and impacting uh, for all of a sudden to become very clear what you're supposed to do in life. And, and even why those things that were unfortunate that happened, why they had to happen in a way that directed you in your life's calling. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can say that's happened to me, and I, I'm sure a lot of our listeners could relate to that. But in your observations, in your travels, you do a lot of speaking, tons of, of coaching and, and, and works that you do with women. What have you discovered is the modern women's greatest obstacle to living that more fulfilling life? Uh, victim thinking. And it's almost controversial to say today because it's become vogue to be a victim of something. But, you know, uh, pioneer women weren't like, oh, dang it, we're having to sit in the back of the wagon, right? I mean, they just got to work and made it happen. And today, only 48% of Americans get to go to some college, so not having the benefit of that degree. Mm -hmm. And 60% of college graduates are women. So there's a lot of talk about the pay gap, but women are choosing careers in humanities, social work, not 
math, and sciences. And we pay more for different skills and different degrees and different forms of work. And so women have been told we have to choose between family and career, but we don't have to now. Now, I've made compromises and I've done things to be more a more focused mom, and I don't regret that, but it doesn't mean I had to choose 100% between one or the other. Mm-hmm. And society praises the working mom. My mom did not have people saying, oh, good job, you're working. People gave her a hard time about it. So we have every opportunity ahead of us and acting like men are against us is just simply not the reality. But whatever you think, whatever you think about is will become a force in your life, even if it's not true. For example, the Me Too movement. I was really excited when this came out because I was like, oh, this is great. We're talking about it. This is another layer we need to peel back in that metaphorical onion, as you say. Mm -hmm. But men or women are actually not getting hired because men are afraid of saying, Something that will be misinterpreted like, oh, nice haircut could be viewed as sexual harassment. So if we think we're a victim, we project that out and we're putting up those boundaries when look at the facts. Look at the facts without the narrative looking at it a different way. Just look at it. Now, I was having a conversation with um, actually one of our guests that's coming up in the future. And she also had mentioned that probably the biggest handicap that, that women today are struggling with that that really allows them to release that success break is the fact that they do have a victim mentality and wherever they look, wherever they turn, based on what's happening today on, in, in media, um, it just gets reemphasized, right? And reinforced that, hey, you are a victim. And uh, if you buy into that, and there's there's some validity to it, but not enough for you to, to, to be what I call the shackled down in, in your progress for success. But I think if you hold on to this, I'm a victim. And boy, I know a lot of folks like that. Um, you're never going to break free and really become the person you're supposed to become and have the success you're supposed to have and live the fulfilling life you're supposed to have, uh, supposed to live, especially if you have gone through some tough times. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit because I know you've got a very difficult story that, that you shared early on. And, and I know that impacted you in a way that you broke free of. But I, I want to share, I want you to share with our audience, if you could, this, this whole pursuit of a better version of you. you. You speak often about that. But what are the false confirmation biases that women have to deal with in order to become that better version? What are those false confirmation biases they've, they've just got to deal with? Well, once, you're, once you recognize that you are thinking as you are a victim or that you're powerless to someone else, I mean, if we as women think tearing down men is going to make up as empowered, that is not empowerment. That is dominion, mm. right? I wrote a whole entire book on, you know, um, how to overcome, regardless what happens to you, that you can choose to evolve beyond being a victim. Because being the victim, being able to say, oh, I've been wrong, is not the stage of you know, it's just part of where we're going in our recovery. It is not the destination. That is not a sign that you've arrived. Mm-hmm. It's a sign that you need to break through and that you need to work and practice a different way of thinking. You know, I love what you said. You have to practice a different way of thinking. Part of the challenge with confirmation bias is if you are living in this victim uh, victim mentality uh, mindset, if you're living in it and with it, then it doesn't take very much of something for you to see or experience to say, aha, see, this is what victims experience. And and you find the evidence a lot quicker to support your victim mentality. And, and you keep that radar open for evidences to continue to support your victim mentality when that is a confirmation bias that has to be broken if you're going to live a life that's going to be freer. Um, so I appreciate you saying that. And that's a mic drop towards the very end there. So I, I appreciate that. 
But why is teaching for you? Because you you are the confidence expert. Um, and as I said earlier, that's a lot. That's something that's needed right now more than ever. But why is teaching confidence to teens and tween girls so important to you? Well, it wasn't something that I set out to do. I mean, I'm trained as a makeup artist for the last 30 years. Um, the speaking and the writing and everything came after that. It was just that I worked really hard on me, like <laughs> really did the work to work on who I was. Mm -hmm. And I started getting hired because people were saying, I want you to teach people how to do what you do, how to be, and, not, and they're like, I'm not talking about the actual skill set of what people pay me for, but my attitude. And so that made me really focus in on what are these principles that I'm teaching? And if we can give these to teens, what if we had teens who are able to use that to become thriving adults mm -hmm. and they saw their ability to affect their life instead of just being reactive? right? Mm -hmm. Being proactive in every aspect of our life is possible, even if you're being abused. And I've experienced that. I was molested from two and a half to 14. So by the standards out there, I am the ultimate uh, potential victim because it was during those fundamental years of developing who I was. So it did take some extra work to really confront why do I think the way I think. But once I stopped seeing myself as a victim, I became powerful in my own life. And in the case of my daughter's death, I kind of thought people should, you know, be a little nicer. And I was like, wow, okay, so not only am I not to view myself as a victim, but I can't expect anyone else to view me, regardless of my circumstances, to give me a pass. And so negating those two things in my life became, you know, I became very powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, and I appreciate you sharing that with our audience, um, Lita, because it's a very difficult thing to share um, the and, uh, anyone who goes through abuse, especially as a, as a young girl, and and the age that it began and the duration that it that it lasted is difficult. Um, and then losing a child, so I I can see why the resilient you now um had to get past that. So would you say that there's a correlation, and, and what degree of correlation is there? When you have a young teen or tween that begins to develop a measure of confidence, how does that correlate with resiliency? Yeah, so being resilient is the belief that you can overcome what is in front of you. Mm. And that on the other side of that, you're not going to be in the fetal position, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that is going to being proactive to copying ideas that work for you and repeating them a hundred million times that it takes. Our brains are naturally negative, 83% negative, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's so we don't fall off cliffs, <laughs> right? But right. You know, we're not walking too close to a cliff that we're becoming cautious. But in modern day living, we're not worried about saber-toothed tigers, but we do have to watch all of this information coming at us and learn to filter out what of this applies to me and do I want it to apply to me? You know, you said a mic, you, listen, I've picked up about three or four mic drops already. <laughs> <laughs> and and your definition of resiliency is again it resonates it's simple but powerful and uh, I'm going to put that up on my site because I love that I absolutely love that let's talk about hotness though you're the creator of hotness so in our last three minutes here describe true hotness and and how do you embrace it okay so if you were a wildfire you're going to get a lot of attention Mm -hmm. Lots of activity is going to be happening. You're burning everything in your path. But in contrast, if we can learn to be campfires, though we're smaller, others will be attracted to us. It provides security and s'mores, which involve chocolate, which is very important. And ironically, <laughs> a campfire per molecule is hotter than a wildfire. 
So mm. one may get more attention, but the other is actually hotter. Mm. So in my book, How to Embrace Your Inner Hotness, I teach 15 different ways to enhance your self-perception and character. And you can't have confidence without self-respect, which is true confidence. That's wonderful. You can't have confidence without self-respect, which is true confidence. That's brilliant. We're going to put up your book at our website so that people can track it down because it is uh, one of the hottest books out there and it's a bestseller and you certainly speak on that often. But I want to hear about these 12 rocks of hotness. What are the 12 rocks of hotness? So if we imagine the typical campfire, it's not just burning there in the middle. It has, you know, rocks around it, mm -hmm. right? So these are principles of character that you place around yourself. So different than being a victim, you've chosen what these no-go zones are. And that actually helps your heat burn with more focus. So we have our no-go zones like I don't cheat, I don't lie. Mm. And those that are around us are able to grow in trust for us. But more importantly, we're able to grow in trust for ourselves. Because is... you cannot fake – oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, go right ahead. Go right ahead. That was another mic drop, but go right ahead. Yeah, you cannot fake your way to character through character development. You can't fake it. You can lie to everyone else, but you cannot lie to yourself. You know the truth. Wonderful. Tons of wisdom, Lita, that you're dropping, and I, and I love it. And I think our audience is going to be responding and, and reaching out to me with, with this wisdom that you're dropping. But one last question for you. Why should women be reaching out to you? Well, because I'm teaching principles that actually help people relate to their life. Um, in my books, I've sold you know over 40,000 copies. Um, it's not only because I'm charming, but it's because <laughs> women have referred my content. If mm -hmm. it's for me to speak or my workshops, I'm getting referred all the time. And so so that is the, the greatest compliment that I'm actually making an impact in people's lives because I'm making it relatable in a way that they can, you know, have their mic drop moments to mm -hmm. put up on their mirror, to repeat to themselves, to actually do the work, to work on themselves. What's wonderful about you is that th there is always proof in the pudding. And I, I pick up on it when I speak to guests. Sometimes I say, yep, this person is the real McCoy and they're the real deal. And sometimes I question. But this is one of those cases where I know you're the real deal, the real McCoy. And that's why women should reach out to you. If this segment is any indication of the quality you deliver, they're going to get a ton of quality. Lita Green, we appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate being on, Jay. And you have an awesome day. Hope that's your audience as well. Thank you, folks. We're going to be right back after the break. Not everyone has pulled shards of another man's skull from the palm of their hand. Not everyone has stood over the bodies of friends whose lives were lost in an instant. Not everyone has struggled to face their own reflection for years on end. But anyone who has experienced trauma or adversity will resonate with Legion Rising. This is not simply a military memoir, it's a memoir of life, of tragedy, healing, and leadership. Through the heart-pounding stories of combat to the transparent and personal look into the process of healing, a message emerges, one that will inspire people across all walks of life. Legion Rising, Surviving Combat, and the Scars It Left Behind can be found on Amazon.com. Okay, I'm totally into this glow stick. I'm a 51-year-old who could never lose weight. But what if I told you one stick a day could melt the fat away? Well, I was shocked when I lost 9 pounds in 13 days and 2 inches off the waist on an all-natural plant. First time in history with clinically proven results for sleep and weight. Results may not be typical, but for me, I was super excited. I want to be your Independence Lease Ambassador. Contact me for a free stick today at glowbylee.com. The people of Western Kentucky need your help. The devastating tornadoes on December 10th left a trail of devastation felt by everyone in its path. Loss of life, homes, businesses, and power have changed their way of living forever. Please join us in shining a light on the crisis in Kentucky right now by donating what you can to help these communities. 100% of donations will go to organizations 
organizations based in these communities, providing basic necessities to those who are impacted and assisting with efforts to rebuild. Visit KYShine.com. That's KYShine.com. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It It was was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. KLIF News and Information 570. Every day, we keep track of the kinds of news stories that matter. Stories that make a difference. We're doing it all from the nerve center of Dallas, Victory Park, right next to the American Airlines Center. With our 24-hour newsroom, reporters on the scene of breaking news, and talk programs that bring perspective, we build our broadcast day with you in mind. We hope you'll spend part of your day with us. News and Information 570, KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I am super pumped up about our next guest. I told you guys early on that this is going to be a power-packed women's show. And uh, you cannot have a power-packed women's show without having our next guest on it, who is not only the founder, the CEO, the creative genius behind Selling in a Skirt, but she's also a keynote speaker, a major sales trainer. She's one of the top coaches around, got a great consulting firm, and she's right here in Dallas, folks. Please help me welcome on this show, Judy Hoberman. Judy, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so much. Super excited to be here. All right. Well, I know you've got a lot to give us, so let's get started. But before we do that, I'd like for you to share with our audience a little bit about Judy Hoberman's life journey and experiences so far. Okay. So, you know, sometimes when people ask me that question, I'm trying to think, like, what would be the best way to really tell you why I do what I do? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, the truth is that um, a very wise woman told me many, many years ago that Something that happened to you when you are like four, five, or six is why you do what you do now. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think about that. And when I was four, five, or six, we lived in New York. We had a cement backyard like everybody else did. And my brothers were building a go-kart. And I wanted to watch it. And every time I would watch it, my father would pull me by my ponytail and he would say, girls, don't do this. And so he would leave and I'd go back and he'd come back and pull the ponytail. And then the third time they were like really getting into it with the nails and the hammers and everything else. And I had my face right there. And what do you think happened? The hammer in the cheek. Mm. Now, you know what happens? Lots of, you know, stuff. Mm -hmm. And all I kept thinking was this hurts, but what's going to be next is going to hurt more. And when he came back and he said to me, you're nothing but a waste of time. All you do is, you know, you never listen. All you do is ask questions. You're, you know, you're not good enough to do this, blah, 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 blah. And girls don't do this. So here we are decades later. And what do I do? Girls do do this. Girls do do that. So it was kind of like a, you know, one of those aha moments when you realize I have been training for this my entire life. 
So I, I do, you know, I, I empower professional women. I make sure that they're ready with the tools that they need. So somebody doesn't say, you know, girls don't do this and you're a waste of time. And so that's really my journey. You know, I have my own firm here in Dallas. I came through the ranks of financial services for a few decades and just realized that I need to be on my own again. And so here I am. You know, in our previous segment, I had a fantastic guest. And one of the things we were talking about, Judy, was watershed moments. I had asked her, what are the watershed moments that really created who you are today? And you just gave us yours that dates back, as you just said, I often say also, you can always trace back who you are today and how you think today by some significant situation or experience or event that occurred early on, maybe one or two. And for you, it was that backyard experience. Oh, by the way, in New York City, where I grew up also. So, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but here we are today, right? That, that was one of those watershed moments. Um, but I want to ask you about selling in a skirt. When I heard that from, from a mutual uh, colleague of ours, I thought to myself, what a brilliant idea. I need to find out who was behind selling in a skirt. Uh, and that's how you and I connected. But what inspired you to launch selling in a skirt? So you have to realize that when you have a business, it has to be something that you you know, that's something you have experience in, and it's something that you can share. And when I came out of, um, like I said, decades of financial services, I went into the corporate side briefly, and it wasn't for me. It mm -hmm. just wasn't for me. I'm, I'm much more of a people person. I'm not, you know, it, it just wasn't. It was a big job. It was a big title. It was a big amount of money, but it wasn't what I needed. And so I jumped. And when I jumped, I sat myself down and I said, if I was starting all over, what would I have wanted as a woman? And so I would have wanted someone that looked like me. And I'm not saying, you know, physically look like me, but somebody that was female that would have said, okay, there's a, you know, big speed bump coming or take a left instead of the right, or here's what you need to do, or have you tried this? But there were no women. When I was doing this, there were no women. It wasn't like nobody wanted to, there weren't any. Mm. And so I decided I was going to become that woman. And I did. But then I have to, I just, well, how do I do that, that people will remember who I am? And I didn't want to use my name. I, I just didn't. I wanted to do something, you know, that was memorable. And so I'm in sales. I, I know how to sell. I'm female. So I tried to think of something that would come up with a name that people remember. And everybody remembers selling in a skirt. And so that's really what happened. I started my company with a business card. I didn't have a website. I had nothing. I had a business card, and I had a lot of moxie. And I would just go and talk to people all over. When I was in Dallas, it was like, who? And then all of a sudden it was, oh, my God, do you know Judy Hoberman? She's got selling and everybody knew me. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what I did. That's where I started it. That's what inspired me. I became the woman that I would have wanted. And you've got moxie. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> See, guys, I've spoken like a true Northeastern New Yorker, Connecticut. That's moxie. I love it. I love right. it, Judy. So let me ask you a, a sort of a, as we take a deep dive here, um, in your observations, how much of a work-life balance struggle is the reason more women don't reach new heights of sales success? Well, it is a struggle, it's, and it's real. Mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it, it, is. It, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. You know, there's a lot of men that are struggling with that as well, but right. it really is – there is something there where you feel guilty no matter where you are. You feel guilty if you're doing this. You feel guilty if you're doing that. You have a lot more responsibilities than people even realize. When you're done working for the day, you're coming home and doing another whole full-time job. And, yes, a lot of, you know, 
spouses and partners are helping out and supporting and all of that great stuff, but you, it still relies on you. And so most of the time when I ask women, what is their biggest challenge? They say work-life balance. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is if you really want to know, let me just bust the myth. There is no such thing as work-life balance. There isn't. There is no such thing because if I was giving 50% here, 50% there, and somebody you know, from school called and said, God forbid, a million times that something happened to one of my kids, I can't say, you know what, I'm in my 50% work time, so just wait a little while because I'll be in 50% home mm. time pretty soon. Mm. You go. Mm -hmm. You go. So there really isn't. I always say that in order for you to be able to work with this myth, this elusive work-life balance, that you really have to strive for harmony wherever you are. There's harmony. If I'm at work, I'm in harmony. If I have to leave, I'm still in harmony, but I'm doing something else. So there is a major struggle, and women really do have this. But once you sit them down and say, okay, let's figure out how we can correct this, it's still a struggle, but it's not as humongous as, as it seemed to be. You know, I love everything you just said there. First of all, you're absolutely right. The work-life balance is not just uh, something that women deal with. Uh, men deal with it as well. Uh, but I think there is a greater degree of guilt that women experience because they're 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 supposed to, in their minds, they're the homemaker, they're raising the kids, and, and who's going to do it if I, and if I don't? I could see that happening. But I also like what you just said. It's about harmony. So instead mm -hmm. of a work-life balance, using that word struggle, how about discovering the work-life balance harmony that is going to help you not only See it differently, behave towards it differently, and take different actions towards it. Uh, but but make no mistake about it; it's something that we all certainly have to have to remedy. And speaking about remedies, so now that you've got someone who's in this harmonial uh, harmonious state of trying to figure out work life balance, what would you say is a remedy to deal with this quote unquote struggle, or let's just call it our harmonious new state now? So I have two things, actually, Jay. One of the first thing is no matter where you are, you have to be present. And when you're present, you're in harmony. And so if you're home and you're with your family and you're present, they're going to feel that. Mm. If you're working, you're with your peers or your colleagues or whomever, they're going to feel that. So present is one thing. So forget the Apple Watch and the you know all this other kind of stuff where you're constantly looking down or looking over. But here I do this exercise. Can I Can I tell you what it is? I would love for you to tell us what it is. Okay. So the first thing I do is I say, I am going to be Oprah and I'm going to hand you $86,400. Just take it. You have to spend it. What are you going to do with it? And, and, you know, people just shout out, well, I'm going to pay off my student debt or I'm going to buy a house or I'm going to do this. And I said, remember, you can't hold on to it. You have to get rid of it. Just get rid of it. You have to spend it today. You have to spend it today. And so we play this game. In a few minutes, I'll go, okay, now I want to be really real and I'm going to give you 86,400 seconds. Who are you going to spend it with? And all of a sudden, nobody has an idea. Like the shouting has stopped. Nobody says, you know, I'm going to do this. They have no idea what to do with 86,400 seconds because that's what you have every day. And when you go to sleep, you can't carry it with you. You start all new tomorrow, 86,400. So I say to them, where do you want to spend your time? How do you want to spend your time? Because that's where the work-life balance trick comes in. You have to decide who, what, and where, and why. And so when you, get, when you do it that way, it's a very different way to look at it. And all of a sudden people are saying, well, I really want to spend more time with my family or I really want to get this promotion. But then you have to decide, like, are you in alignment? Because if I wanted to be the number one salesperson, I want to just kill it. I want to win all those awards. And I also want to be the number one mom. 
okay, you're going to give something up. So you mm-hmm. have to decide what's your priority. And so when I do the 86,400, people all of a sudden remember that. And they're like, okay, wait, this is part, I'm going to lose this if I don't do anything. It's like, binge, let's binge watch for seven hours. Okay, you're not getting that time back either. Mm. So, you know what I mean? So that's what it is. It's prioritize and be present. You know, I got to tell you something, Judy. Uh, I listen to folks on the show for the last almost two years. Fantastic wisdom, incredible people who share just just delightful insight. And and oftentimes, if I have to call out a mic drop, I'll call it out. And we had a few mic drops already in our show today. But what you just said there with the priority and being in, in the present uh, as two remedies – they're not mic drops. They are sound system avalanches. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, we could end the segment right now and people could walk away with like, dang, that was good. The 86,000 uh, comparison, that's just, that's just dang good, girl. That's just good, girl. That's moxie good right there. Beautiful. <laughs> hey, in our last three minutes here, what should a woman and mom who is hungry and ambitious to climb the ladder, what should they be constantly monitoring and assessing? First, you have to know why you're doing what you're doing. You mm-hmm. want to climb that ladder? Why? You want to, you know, what, what is it that you want to do? But it's, it's like, you know, when you do um, SMART goals, you have to be able to measure what you're looking to do and keep measuring it. Because if you have to take a course or you have to do something in order for you to climb that ladder, you have to be able to measure it. And so I always tell people, just make believe they're your SMART goals. I want to get this promotion. I want to get it by, you know, the end of the year. I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z. So you constantly measure it. But you also have to remember your why. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you choose something, you really want this, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do, and I'm going to climb that ladder no matter what, because this is great stuff. And then you're almost there, and you're thinking, like, I don't even want this. I mean, like I said, I had a huge, huge position. I made a lot of money. It was so, there was nothing in it that was in alignment with me, my values, my nothing, nothing. And when you give up that kind of position and money, there has to be a reason. It was so wrong for me. So I was over there, but I knew I I didn't want it. And so I just, I jumped. But that's what I'm saying. You have to assess it and just make sure you keep the why in front of you. Judy, I know you often speak about gender differences. How do gender differences affect sales outcomes? So generally speaking, most men are transactional, most women are relational. So most men will do the, you know, the sales process much faster, quicker, and ask for the money. Women are more, <clears throat> excuse me, more relational, and so they are telling a story. And so the, there is a big difference there. People like to do business with men because they're fast and they get to the bottom line, but they also like to do business with women because they're relational. Mm-hmm. So you have to just decide where you are, transactional, relational. I love that. Transactional or relational. Key. Speaking about men, how can a sales manager who's a male, a male sales manager become more effective when directing and leading a sales team that is predominantly women? Number one thing, and I think this is good for just about almost anything that we talk about, is know your people. He should know what each one of the women on his team is looking for, where she wants to be, what she wants to accomplish. And when he knows that, he has to be able to listen when she tells you, I really want that uh, promotion or whatever. Mm-hmm. You also have to make sure that you don't cut them off. Like, did you sell today? No. Okay, forget it. Why didn't you sell? As opposed to what happened? Mm. Because that's what happened to me all the time. It's if I said no, I was, the next part I was going to say is, but I'm picking up the check tomorrow. So you have to be able to know your people, listen, and you know, be supportive. I think that's one of the challenges that sales managers have. They don't listen. 
Um, mm-hmm. They're so concerned and consumed with transactions and results and whatever the quotas are that they don't take the time to listen to their folks' uh, concerns. And, and you can't treat every person the same way. Brilliant advice. Now, last 30 seconds here. What's your 2022 message for women? Be intentional. Be focused, be open, and invest in yourself. You know, my goal is is never to leave anyone lost as they enter a new position or a new company or a new team. And that's what I do every single day. I run courses for women in leadership and sales. I decided I was going to create a space that was inviting and relevant because the value is something that is amazing, and it's your time. And this is it. It's time, and more importantly, it is your time. So that's my message. It is time, and it is their time. I agree with you. Judy Hoberman, we appreciate you so much being on the show. We're going to put all your contact information up at our site so people can track you down. I appreciate you, and thanks for being on. Thank you so much. I loved it. I love the questions. Awesome. Folks, we're going to be right back after the break. I believe that fear is the number one killer of success and personal achievement and is running rampant in our society today, which is paralyzing people from becoming everything that God created them to be. My name is Rich Cavanis. What I do is help people like you to rise above mediocrity, unlock your God-given power, and elevate your everyday living through a unique coaching process that links the Bible, science, psychology, and personal development together so you can become everything that God created you to be. Get my new book for free at powertothrive.net. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. Thrive Sales Mastery. Man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free Get Upside Gas app now. Download the free Get Upside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code BLING for a 25 cent a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code BLING. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BLING. That's B-L-I-N-G. Visit GetUpside.com for terms. 570 AM KLIF. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I am always on the lookout for women that are making an impact in the communities in a way that deals with anything and everything financially. And it wasn't too long ago that I had a chance to meet with someone who I believe is so dynamic right here in the Dallas area because of what she does and because the mission and the vision that she has for her company, for helping CEOs, helping everybody really in this complicated world of taxes. And folks, we're heading right into tax season right now. So I wanted to have Sydney McDade Proctor. She's a CPA. 
She's also the owner, the founder, the CEO of SID, the CPA, the CPA for CEOs. I wanted her to come on the show and just shine like a rock star she is and just pour into our show the wisdom and the goodness of what she does in this area of taxes. So, Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. We're excited to have you. We're going to pick your brain a lot. But before we do that, I'd like for you to help our audience understand a little bit about your story. Okay. Yeah. So I am a true Texan. I was born and raised here. I did leave for a little bit, and I went to school at the University of Central Arkansas. And when I graduated, I developed a plan to definitely get back as soon as I could. Um, I've been in accounting (laughs) for seven years, and... um, it's been a journey. Um, I've been, I was a senior accountant uh, at a regional firm before starting my own firm and taking that leap of faith. And so I'm excited to be here for sure. You know, one of the things you said cracked me up because you left for seven years and you came back as soon as you could. And <laughs> yes. uh, I learned in my first week moving to Dallas from New York about three and a half years ago that people kept telling me uh, as soon as I, they would ask me what drove you to come to Texas and I gave them my reason, they all said, that's not the answer. The answer is you got here as soon as you could. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of picked up on that, so that's good. But let me ask you this. Taxation and the career of taxation, a lot of people find it complex, cumbersome, confusing. What was it that inspired you to pursue a career that others find to be complex and cumbersome? For me, it was um, my constant urge to kind of research. And so I kind of got exposed to taxes late, or I I feel like it was late. I I expected taxes to be taught um, in schools and that kind of thing. And so I was a freshman in college when I first um, ran into taxes. And I got my first big girl check, and they took $200 out my check. And I was so upset. And Mm. I just started, started researching how can I get this money back? How can I avoid these taxes? And so I kind of just stumbled upon accounting, and that kind of led me from there. I changed my major and became a CPA, and that's how I got here. You know, one of the things that I've learned from people as, as it pertains to why they decided to do something, oftentimes it was a decision made because they felt at some in some degree that they were taken advantage of or somebody they love was taken advantage of and that inspires them to sort of be this this public defender of information and and I can hear what you said that you picked up your paycheck your first big girl paycheck and you saw that they too they took a $200 out and, and that didn't sit well with you and then you realize hey they didn't teach this stuff in school so I got to imagine that was the root, that was the foundation of inspiration to, to help people understand taxes because they don't teach it in school and also understand how to reposition that so that they walk away with more money. So I appreciate that being the root of your decision to, to help people and it's obviously it, it's working. But now you own your own business and that's a big deal. Congratulations. I know you've got big plans. You've got that you're expanding right now. But what were those watershed moments that motivated you to open your own? I know you worked for somebody before, but what were the watershed moments that motivated you to step out and open up your own firm? Well, it was it, it started when I was working for uh, working for somebody, um, working at other firms. Um, there's just kind of, it felt like there was just a glass ceiling that I was just kind of mm. bumping up against, just being a black mm-hmm. woman and trying mm-hmm. to 
elevate in the world of accounting and that kind of thing. And so, of course, just when you, whenever you walk into the, when you walk into rooms um, as a CPA, and being being young and black, that's just a, not a lot of people that look like you. And so there was just only a certain level that I could get to. And so it got to the point to where I really enjoyed what I did. I really enjoy learning about taxes, and I enjoy public accounting and learning about other industries and how taxes affects other industries. Um, but I just wasn't able to kind of fulfill myself working for somebody else. So I took mm-hmm. that leap of faith, and I have been flying ever since. So having my own firm, um, it means a lot because I actually get to kind of put education first, and that is just something that's been super important to me. So I get to help other business owners get educated about their taxes. It's exciting. Well, it is exciting. And I think anytime you step out of faith and you do something that's uncomfortable, yeah, it's going to keep you up at night. There's going to be a sense of agita. But I tell you, if you know it in your heart, that's your calling, and that's what you're supposed to do. You overcome the fear. You overcome the struggle and the anxiety. After a while, it does subside. And when you start to make impact in the lives of others, I can tell you from experience, you never go back, and you certainly never worry about those things again. But I like what you said. You realize there's a glass ceiling, Mm -hmm. and, and that was frustrating. And I think that's the reason why most people strike out on their own because they realize where I'm at is only going to go so far. Let me ask you this before we turn into uh, pivot into some tax questions. I want people to know your wisdom. I want people to hear your expertise here. But what would you say in just a quick answer, though, what would you say to somebody who's listening right now and they are where you were frustrated, realizing there's a glass ceiling here and and my dreams are bigger than the four walls that I'm in right now but they're fearful about stepping out and doing something independently. What would you say to that person? I would tell them, um, I know making decisions are very hard, but you just have to become at peace with your decision. And so that's how you know that the decision is right, is that if you're kind of battling on, you know, doing your own thing and taking that leap of faith, make sure that you're at peace with it, and that's how you know that it's right. I love it. Make sure you're at peace with it. And that's how you know that it's right. Brilliant. Let's pivot into taxes. we got tax season coming up. And this is the time of year when people get anxious, talking about anxiousness and, and yeah. frustrated. Why are so many concerned right now by the, about the, the Biden tax plan? And, and who do you feel will be impacted most by it? I feel like the frustration comes from... Um, taxes in general. So taxes are the government's only income. So they're looking mm. to kind of increase their income as well. And so that kind of levies more taxes on the taxpayers. And as far as who is um, going to be more impacted, Biden is really trying to go after those high income earners. They, he wants them to pay more taxes and he wants corporations to pay more taxes. But on the flip side of that is that taxes is an expense to a business and whenever they're are looking to start cutting expenses, they always would start with employees. So employees will suffer as well. Um, So I feel Mm. like it will definitely affect the higher income earners and also the middle class as well. So there really is no one who's going to walk away from this unscathed because uh, if you attack big business and if you attack high income earners, in a way it does trickle down to those that, that aren't earning a lot of income. And I think that's the big fear right now that that's happening. But can you share with those 
uh, that don't fully understand what these, now there are a lot of changes, but just right. give me about two or three major ones that you think are the ones that people need to be aware of, businesses need to be aware of. Um, one is the, um, tar, uh, the child tax credit. So he's looking to extend that and to have the payments that were received um, July of 2021 through December of 2021. He wants to extend that for the full year. Um, and then another one is he wants to increase the corporate tax rate to around 28% and then also impose another higher Social Security tax on higher income earners. You know, I think that for a lot of people that are striving to build a business and striving to make more money, that for them certainly becomes a concern because the more you make, as they say, the more they take. And I don't know how well that's going to go over. And I think six months from now, seven months from now, even uh, the fall, uh, Sydney, we're going to have you back to do a follow-up on this once tax season is over and you had a chance to get a sense of what the people are saying. But what questions should in individuals and companies should be, uh, what questions should they be asking right now in order to be fully aware and prepared? Well, it would start with um, their deductions. So you want to make sure that you're maximizing your deductions. You want to make sure that you're taking advantage of salary and wages. Um, if you are able to give bonuses to your employees to kind of minimize your, uh, tax your taxable income, that is a great opportunity. For individuals, start looking at credits. There are, um, there's energy credits now. There's also um, mm. <clears throat> the, home, um, the home office credit as well. And so mm. these are available to individuals um, if you have been working from home, if you have a side hustle, those kind of things. Um, so the more you know, the better. You know, I like what you just said. And I, I don't think a lot of people know this. And I, I didn't know this. Uh, there are tax credits now for energy tax credits and home office use tax credits. I, I would bet mm -hmm. to say that there's a lot of people right now saying, I didn't know that. And that's why we have you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> So you can bring that goodness to people. Um, yes, so let's I try talk my about. Best. Well, you're doing a great job. One quick uh, question, though: estate tax. Let's talk about that mm -hmm. a little bit because I know you deal with CEOs. These are high income earners. We've got a lot of high income earners listening uh, who listen mm -hmm. to the show. What about the estate tax? So the best thing about Biden's plan right now is that it's still in proposal phases. It hasn't been passed. So estate tax and those tax exemptions that he was looking to lower to $5 million hasn't went in effect yet. And that would cause okay. severe uh, tax liabilities. He's also looking to eliminate the step-up uh, step basis to mm -hmm. anything of above $1 million, And that would severely um, increase people's tax liabilities come um, April 15th. Now, you said that hasn't passed yet, right? Yes, that has not passed yet. Okay. Um, it, okay. it has to pass um, through the Senate. Mm hmm Okay. So we'll have to wait and see what happens on that one. But I'm, I'm guessing a lot of folks aren't going to be too happy about that uh, mm -hmm. should, it, uh, should it happen. But let's talk about your firm. Uh, every, listen, okay. there's no shortage of CPA companies out there. And mm -hmm. in our last two minutes here, how is your firm going to bring further awareness to individuals and business owners about the new tax law changes? How are you bringing that awareness to the public? We use, um, we have blog posts on our website. Also, we post tax tips weekly on Instagram and Facebook. 
Um, both of those are at Food the CPA. On that is mm-hmm. on both. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so um, and I was just gonna say um, we also have we're also on TikTok for the people that are on are TikTokers. Okay, good. So you're you're attracting and reaching out to the TikTok crowd. Good. Yeah, not so many CPA firms are doing that. So that sort of answers my next question and my last question before we wrap up here. What do you want people to know about you and your tax firm that's different from a number of them that are that are out there already? I feel like what sets us apart is that we specialize in education. We offer free consultations to where we allow business owners to come and just receive guidance. And we create, we curate a plan to where we talk about your goals and how taxes affects those goals. And then also for this tax season, we are giving tax refund estimates. There have been a lot of changes um, with the child tax care child tax care credit. And so mm-hmm. we're trying to help people navigate that as well. Well, Cindy McDade, Proctor, founder, CEO of Sid the CPA, you've been a fantastic guest. Where can people track you down to learn more about you and the services you offer? You can check out my website, SidTheCPA.com. Also, you can follow me on Instagram at SidTheCPA and like my Facebook page, also SidTheCPA. We're going to have your information up also at our website so individuals right now can go there and learn more about you and track you down. Sydney, we appreciate you being on the show. Good luck with this tax season. Folks, that's a wrap for the Jay Mamie Talk Show, yet another powerful show. Make sure you make it a thrive-minded week. We'll see you next week.